Well, 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 we're back after a bit of an extended hiatus there. Uh, welcome. It's Fox Force 5. How are you, Nicola O'Brien? I am very well, Kelly. And you, how is life? How are you? How's everything? It's been a few weeks since we had our official chat. <laughs> yeah, well, we were supposed to have another one before you went off on your uh, belated honeymoon, but you were sick that week and it was all a bit mad mm-hmm. and we just never got it done, unfortunately. But sure, we're here now. It's nice to be back. It's funny. I kind of miss it when we're not when we don't do the podcast. You know, it's like, oh, back it's towards kind five. of weird how quickly the time goes, though. Like mm. time, I feel like. Well, no we wonder do your podcast, time like, flew. You were like, you were living it up in Italy, having amazing oh, yeah. food and drinking amazing wine and seeing amazing things and just living your best life. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was fabulous altogether. Uh, so we started by going to Andrea Bocelli in the Tree Arena. So it was nice. Oh, I never heard about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you enjoyed it. Yeah, very nice. I mean, like it was, you know, very classical music. Like it was lovely. It was 60 um, person or um, choir, 30 wow. men and two, um, 30 men and 30 women. And then he had like a full orchestra. And then like he had a few like special guests. So like Nicole Scherzinger. Um, Random. Yeah, stuff like that. So it was all a bit random. Um, but it was really nice. Um, I did enjoy it. It was nice. He didn't it sing was... that number he does with Dua Lipa. Is that the one he sang with Nicole? Sure singer. Uh, I don't know. I no. no, no, I don't. He did one kind of modern one that he did with um what's his name? Ed Sheeran, right? But oh. I mean Nessun Dorma was absolutely beautiful and uh Nessun Dorma and what else? There was a few of them that were just like wow, like you never walk alone, just... you said, was it? Yeah, and time to say goodbye, of course, would have been one of my favourites as well. Mm. So um, that was very nice. And then we flew out to Italy after a few hours delay on the Thursday. And then we were in Pisa first. So we got to see the Leaning Tower. And so that was gas. <laughs> it was, it's a I bit random, got, I, isn't it? Totally. But I, I had the biggest... Um, joy that I had was watching people um, posing with it because <laughs> everyone was obviously photos. trying to do yeah yeah everyone's yeah. trying to do the thing where they're like in the background and they're mm. like you know um, searching for you know the correct position to be like leaning against the thing or kicking it or whatever <laughs> yeah. so we just stood there for like 10 minutes watching people just get into these positions and I had a really good laugh with that it made me laugh Um and then, so that was nice. Pizza was nice. It was quite low key, like. And then we went mm-hmm. to Cinque Terre. There's not much else there, is there? Like, there's not much. Nah, there's not much there, no. And then we went to Cinque Terre, which is like these five little villages along the coast, um, in like near, uh, Genoa, near what? Genoa? Yeah, near Genoa. So kind of just north of Pisa. Um, mm-hmm. So they were absolutely gorgeous and they were absolutely gorgeous. They were like totally ra- mad, random villages built on the side of like mountains and kind was of weird. Was that where you sent the picture of the guy like built into the side of the mountain? He was like a yeah, monster. Yeah, well, that was one of them. Thing. That was like Montoroso. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was crazy. But they were those five little villages and you can kind of get the train in between them, like two or three minutes mm-hmm. in between. But that, if any, like it's a UNESCO heritage site, like it's so stunning. Mm-hmm. I felt really like it felt really Italian there. I really loved it. It was just fab mm-hmm. all together. It was mm-hmm. great crack. We went to like a pesto making class. That was really good fun. One best Which pesto, you so. won. Oh my God. <laughs> but it made Doing me it laugh. For the and that was in like right above the ocean. The most gorgeous place ever. And that was fab. And then uh, we 
went from there to Florence then on Monday and Florence is absolutely gorgeous I really loved it so stunning kind of quite posh you know um, mm-hmm. a lot of tourists like still in October which was mad um, it was gorgeous so like 26 degrees lovely and hot mm-hmm. and uh, got to we just walked a lot and then we went out to Tuscany one of the days to Chianti to a few vineyards and that was like one of the highlights mm-hmm. for me it was absolutely amazing just like mm-hmm. Oh, stunning the countryside and to see all the vineyards and the olive trees and just mm-hmm. their way of life. Like one of the vineyards is organic and they've all these geese walking around and the geese fertilize the vineyards and all this stuff. And, you know, it's just mad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so cool. And um, then we went from Florence to Venice and we got the train in between and the train was really good. Like it's pretty cheap, like, and, you yeah. know easy enough I mean besides poor Jer carrying on and off the suitcases and yeah. uh, Venice was lovely yeah I liked Venice um, mm-hmm. probably my least favourite of the whole thing not mm-hmm. that it was or anything it was just I suppose a bit more commercialised you know not mm-hmm. I didn't feel it was as like Italian and like the food I didn't think did was did you do a good. gondola I never asked you no I didn't do the gondola because I don't know just this, I was really smelly fishy and uh, the dirty. weather wasn't yeah, the great kind of dirty. And yeah kind of put me off so no I had no interest in it really and um, we did, had gotten like a water bus to the where we were staying and we got a boat to the airport and stuff which was really cool and I much prefer like the boat than the gondola it was also mm-hmm. like 100 euro for like 30 minutes the gondola so I was like mm, I don't know and it was at the end of a holiday you know if it was a start maybe we would have splurged a bit <laughs> on it but because yeah, yeah. it was the end I was like no no like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that was a lot um mm-hmm. But yeah, Venice is very commercialized. Like we walked a bit out and kind of went over towards the university one of the evenings and that was fab over there. You know, it was a bit more kind of like locally kind of area. I liked mm-hmm. that. I prefer kind of going off the beaten track because like you kind of get ripped off if you're on kind of the tourist trail, you know. So yeah, totally. it was fab. And then flew back to Cork on Saturday, which was the biggest joy in the world. Not having to go to Dublin. It was amazing. Home nice. like 10 minutes later. It was just absolutely fab. So but, from where? Um, where did you fly home from? Dennis, Dennis Marco. Oh, wow. Pool, yeah. That's amazing. So, so it was yeah. so handy. Yeah. Cork are keeping up those flights now, I think, all over the winter. So, great. and they're flying to Pisa as well, which is great. So, lose more flights wow. from Cork. But yeah, it was fun. And your few weeks? Yeah, just been busy. I was, Stuart and I were away for a couple of nights. We went to the sun for a few oh, nights, yeah. which was nice. We were pretending to be independent human beings. So, that was lovely. And then we had, God, I've had lots of things. I've said, um, went to see Book of Mormon last Friday night, which was absolutely outstanding it was so good it was so funny um, and then which if I, is it coming to Ireland Book of Mormon because it's obviously touring around at the moment but I think it's gone up maybe up to Aberdeen or somewhere um, at the moment but that was amazing if you haven't seen it check it out very 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 funny very crude not for everybody you may not want to take your granny to it um, and <laughs> no <laughs> mon- Monday night we went to see the Lemonheads in Glasgow which if anybody remembers Mid nineties grunge music, uh, indie music. They were massive. They had an album album called "There's Something About Ray" and it had some big hits. And they were very much part of the sort of um, grunge scene with Nirvana and Pearl Jam and people like that. And um, it was weird. The whole thing, like it was a bit. I wouldn't have been a huge Lemonheads fans, but like I would have liked some of their songs or whatever and went along for nostalgia purposes more than anything. And Evan Dando, the lead singer, used to be like the pinup boy of the grunge era because he was just really handsome, you know. And um, I think his drug taking days have maybe worn on him a bit, you know. He did this kind of 15 minute set at the start, which was just like 
him in a guitar and his voice isn't as good as it used to be and his guitar playing was a bit sloppy and oh jeez although he, he had the lyrics to everything perfect which was a bit mad and actually there was one bit, some of it was kind of endearing though like there was a couple of bits in the show where he actually stopped to take requests from the audience and like no sooner had someone shouted something out, he just started singing it and he knew all the words, you know, whereas like sometimes when you see bands that have been around for a long time, they'll be like, oh, I can't remember the words to that, some, some, something else, you know, to ask something else or whatever. So anyway, yeah, we stayed until the very end, but it was a bit car crashy, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, it just made me feel old. Yeah, um, hate that. And we had a quiet weekend this weekend past because we are going on holidays on Wednesday. We're off to Portugal for a week. So, um, nice. yeah, with the kids, midterm break here. So first family holiday to the sun since pre-COVID. So we are very Aww. much looking forward to that. Effie will not small. know what hit her. She'll be like, what? Swimming pools, what? Sunshine, what? Ice cream <laughs> all the time. She's going to be living her best life. So, nice. um, yeah, so that's what we've been doing. So nothing as exciting as... As you initially, that sounded lovely. Oh, it was fabulous. Not yeah. any holiday so, this time here. Although I must say now I'm very much like ready for the winter. I'm ready to like, yeah. you know, wrap up as I sit here in my overly, um, you know, fluffy jumper. But um, yeah, uh-huh. I'm ready for the winter. Not the oh, bills, I've broken out the woolies already. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm. definitely. I've broken out the woolies already. But um, yeah, it's all good. So yeah, I feel like now coming back from from this holiday it'll very much be get the hats and scarves and gloves yeah. and everything up you know winter has arrived it's kind of arrived already but I'm just being in denial until we get back so <laughs> uh, although it's a lovely day here today it's blue skies and everything but yeah it's nice here too mm. so listen we better get on with the podcast seems as uh, that's what people are here for yeah number one so this week I'm talking about burnout now I'm going to give myself a little plug here now I have another podcast that I do for work called The Reset Room and we actually did a whole episode about burnout but this article today um, I read on RTE and it's by somebody called Claudine Mangan um, and they're a professor at Concordia University so it's interesting stuff just about burnout and you know I think maybe uh, we've all felt this at times in our careers so listen up if you think it may be you so uh, work has become an around the clock activity courtesy of technology that makes us reachable anytime anywhere throw in expectations to deliver fast and create faster and it becomes hard to take a step back not surprisingly many of us are feeling burnt out uh, it often affects women more than men it happens everywhere particularly challenging was the p- pandemic for people like teachers and healthcare workers particularly. So we know burnout happens and a lot of us are experiencing it, but how can we deal with it? It's a serious problem that deserves our attention. She she engaged with employees across organisations and work practices to understand how common a problem it was and, and how best to deal with it. So one, set boundaries. People need and are entitled to boundaries. We don't have to avail of ourselves 24-7 for work, despite societal pressures that make us feel like we do. We must rest for the sake of our health, including our sleep, eating habits, physical well-being, quality of life. It's important to also remember that people around us can be affected when we don't set boundaries. I'm actually reading a book at the moment about a woman who got so involved in her work that like her husband threatened to leave her, even though her work was like Mm. she was doing amazing work helping other people. But like there comes a point in everybody's life where you know, the people who love you can't like do without you all the time for the sake of work, you know. Mm -hmm. Number two, stick to contractual engagements. Check your employment contract or collective agreement. Figure out how much you're expected to work, what you have to deliver and stick to it. Work won't love you back no matter how much you give. If you're entitled to holidays, take them. The same principle holds for sick leave. If you're entitled to take it when you are unwell so you can get better. I hate when people are sick and they come into work. It annoys me so much. (laughs) Uh, 
Three. You probably do prior- yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, particularly into an office environment, like whatever about like when you're keeping your germs to yourself at home. But if you're going into an office and you're like, oh, dying, it's like what? Or if even if you're like on calls, coughing and all that. And even if you're clearly unwell, it's like, why are you being a martyr here? Like, but anyway, three, prioritize yourself. You need to know and be mindful of who you are what you want and how you spend your days. Ask yourself why you do your work and what you wish to get out of it. What are you willing to sacrifice to get there and what not? What else in your life is crucial? What do you not want to regret later? Take time to think through those questions and how your life aligns with your priorities. It's funny because we've talked about it before, you know, there's all those studies where they would talk to people on the deathbeds and like literally no one was like, I should have worked more. <laughs> you know, they're probably like, I should have taken more time off yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, four, talk about burnout at work. There's only so much we can do individually to address burnout, which is far from a unique problem. As employees, we need to question, rethink and repair organisations that generate overwork. It's important to not only have these conversations with yourself, friends and family, but the workplace too. Organisations should want to address burnout since it's good for them and leads to higher employee turnover and lost revenue related to lower productivity. But organisations are difficult to fix. They often can't or don't want to see how they're the problem. And they respond by proposing individual solutions to what is a collective systematic problem. Wellness programmes and yoga classes won't help with overwork. If you have the energy to try and address organisational overwork, start small. You can talk to trusted colleagues about their experiences and share stories, which helps raise awareness about how burnout is a collective larger issue. Good luck if you're taking on a whole organisational problem. But anyway, <laughs> um. Number five, acknowledge this isn't a you problem. A more significant role falls on leaders who have the power and resources to change work. If their employees burn out, it's because they are okay with it. Responsible leaders should reach out to employees to inquire about burnout. They should understand how their organisation contributes to it. This might involve asking how work is set up, how IT affects work and how employees are or aren't supported. Leaders set the tone and model. What is acceptable, like overworking or taking time for yourself? Ultimately, if overwork is ingrained in company culture, we need to realise that the problem is the organisation. Burnout is a serious problem and deserves our full attention. The one thing she doesn't talk about there actually is I think how some of us work hard and work and then have a thousand other things to do and take on and you have this kind of compound burnout. Mm. It's very difficult in those situations to know what has to give because... Yeah. You can't do everything like, you know, and sometimes I, I've i had points where I've been like, I'm actually about to crack up because there's so much on the go and you've so much responsibility. And as I say, it just all compounds. And I think in those situations, you really need to take a long, sharp look at like what you can offload mm-hmm. or how you can streamline what you're doing or, you know, maybe it's time to drop something, whatever the thing is, all those stuff. Um but it can be difficult, like, and it's not good. It's not good for our health. No. It's not good for our happiness. So there's balancing. It's because if you try to balance all the things, something will have to drop. And it's like, what's going to drop? You know, nothing. And it's probably yeah. your own mental well-being. that will be the thing to drop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, know? this is it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. That was number one this week. It was rather long, but my other items are kind of short. So uh, over to you for our TV, Nick. Ooh, TV. Um, I actually didn't watch much TV over the last week and a half. It was uh, mostly in Italian, the tellies, but um, we um, did get uh, sneakily to watch House of Dragon all right while we were gone. Are you still enjoying mm. it? We won't obviously spoil anything, but are you still enjoying it? Yep. I am, but I wasn't, I won't say what happened, but I wasn't really happy with the episode six. I, we, just, we just called it a leap in episode six. I was like, huh? 
Oh, that's going to happen loads of times with this series, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, right, it's going to okay. happen. Where like things, timelines and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's going to happen a few times. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another one of those. Does two. it go over like, and back? See, no, but you can see it coming because, no. like, like now there's children. They're not really like you can't really. I think there's going to be another time gap till they're adults. Those kids, mm. I think, um, it's kind of pointless. Well, they're children because there's obviously big storylines coming with them. You can see the way mm. that like the narrative has swapped, where it's like really focused mm-hmm. on the kids, and I think that there's going to be a big leap in time. Again, the one thing because. I would say about that, that that doesn't it kind of undermines your how you're invested in the characters. If yeah. you take them from one point in time to another point in time, 10 years or 20 years or whatever down the line mm-hmm. and you're like, huh, you lose that affinity with the character. Yeah, but you don't I, know what happened. I think that, though, I don't think it'll continue like that, like constantly. I think we'll get to a point where the critical points of this story are when they're all grown up or whatever. You know what I mean? And then it will, that'll be it. It'll be like Game of Thrones. It's not going to skip any other timelines. But I think that this building as the first season is bound to do that a bit, you know? Right. Okay. Uh, so just from what I know, like they are not children when like a lot of stuff kicks off, not to spoil oh. it, but like, so like, but I can't see them being children anyway. I mean, like obviously last week was very much a building episode and, yeah, you know, the, the words that were being thrown around and stuff about the kids and like that's kind of mm-hmm. building up to something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, to yeah, more yeah. of a crescendo. So I don't think it'll, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense that they have loads of episodes that there's loads of kids in. Like that's not mm-hmm. going to be the the game yep. playing parts okay. I don't think if you understand me anyway yeah. but as well as that which I keep getting confused between is we never talked about it but um the Lord of the Rings TV series is absolutely yes. amazing have you started is watching it? it no no no, mm. no. must do so sure um it. I was going to talk about it but then obviously that week that the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff came out I was watching I don't know if you watched that since obviously a lot of people I talked about it quite early oh my god there was loads it. of stuff on the yeah, radio about but, it, yeah yeah uh, yeah, grizzly. It was very grizzly. It was um, well, very well done. Your man Evan Peters played him absolutely brilliantly, but it was extremely well done. But like, but I don't know very, if you saw grizzly. the stuff about it where there was like conversations Glorified. in the press about yeah, and like yeah, victims yeah. saying that every time one yeah. of these new um, documentaries come out, like it opens old wounds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just interesting. There's a debate. This this particular documentary, this particular mm-hmm. program, seems to have. I think because um, really? they, they had somebody like, well, like it was like when they had what's his face um, a few years ago do Ted Bundy's where we talked about that too. It was mm. the same kind of thing. It was not glamorizing it, but I suppose it's like, yeah, you're, I suppose, a sort like cashing in yeah. on those tragedies, yeah. you know, and yeah. this horrible mm. human being. So mm-hmm. anywho, um, that's a topic for another week. But um, mm. yeah, in lovely watching, um. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is on Amazon Prime. It comes out every Friday. I think they're on episode seven now. I've missed two as we watch them. Seven? Mm. Oh, God. There's two one week. There was two mm. one week. So, um, but we always watch them with Lily. So we're waiting for to have Lily now this weekend to watch it. But, um, so yeah, give us a background on it. So. Watching. so it's a prequel to Lord of the Rings. So it's like a thousand and something years in the well past. the past of Lord of the Rings and it's basically about the rings like and how they were formed and all that stuff so why they were formed okay. and all that stuff but it is like lovely so if you love Lord if you like Lord of the Rings mm. or even love it or whatever it's such a good watch it's visually absolutely one of the most stunning TV shows I've ever seen like the budget is absolutely true the bloody roof I would is say Peter like, Jackson involved stunning. in it no See, I don't think he is. No. Um, and like, 
uh, I would say like not that it's better visually, but like obviously we're we're so we're twenty years on now. It's twenty Gosh, years later, more. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like in terms of the possibilities of it, it's so stunning. Like the things they've mm. done with the cinematography is unbelievable, and even like the orcs and stuff are really scary. Like they're okay. way more menacing than they were in Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like they're proper. Like gave me a fright. And there's one bit where there's these, these kind of goblin things, and it's proper scary. Like you know, mm. we were watching it, me Jerry, nearly in the dark, and I had a proper. <laughs> I like nearly jumped <laughs> through my bloody skin. Um, <laughs> but it is such a good watch. I would really recommend anybody who likes anything fantasy, even if you're not the biggest Lord yeah. of the Rings fan, I would definitely recommend it. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, it's kind of that prequel. And it's uh, like a lot of the cast I don't really recognize. I don't really know any of them from anything. I know like a couple of them are in Lord of the Rings, actually, as kind of minor characters. One of them was Benji Stark, actually, is kind of the baddie in this. Um, mm. And another one played like a young Ned Stark as well in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones and some of the flashbacks and stuff. But I wouldn't really recognize them earlier. Um, otherwise, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's seven episodes in. I think this week is the last one of the season. It's eight. And, but I think there's going to be four or five seasons of this. So it's oh, worth, is there? Yeah. Oh, good. So it's worth cool, invest, cool, cool. investing your time and watching it. Now you can binge them all. But it is lovely. It's very enjoyable. Um, if you're any bit of a Lord of the Rings geek, you'll love lots of the references and the names that are kind of floating about because they're like, oh, is that that guy? And, you know, because you'll kind of know it from the history from Lord of the Rings yeah. itself. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's really, really well worth the watch. Um, really enjoying it. And like I said, it's lovely, good, clean kind of fantasy, enjoyable stuff. Music is lovely. Like I said, visually, it's absolutely stunning. And like the story itself is pretty good as well. Like, you know, good versus evil as always. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Enjoying it. So that was that. And then I actually watched one other really good thing, which is on Disney Plus, if anybody is watching it um, or has Disney Plus, should I say, is uh, The Bear. And it is unreal. <laughs> it's a TV show about this guy who inherits a little like deli kitchen restaurant from his but uh, from his brother who commits suicide. And it was on FX originally during the summer and now it's on Disney Plus. You can binge it on there. Um, it's on Sky as well. If you search it on Sky app, you'll be able to find it. But it is basically about like them kind of running this kitchen, but it's completely chaotic like and very stressful and the entire thing is run like at a very, very quick speed. And it's mm-hmm. to kind of, I think, reflect on the stress of a kitchen and kind of make it kind of nearly on edge when you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on here? Why does this need to be cooked? That needs to be cooked. But um, it's excellent. It's really, really well done. Oh, it's a TV series. Eight, oh. eight episodes as well. Nice short episodes, like 20, 30 minutes. But it's really good um, characters in it. Like you kind of get invested very quickly in like what's the background. They're broke like and trying to run this little kitchen. And the brother who's taken over the kitchen who the the restaurant was left to from his brother. Mm -hmm. He's actually like a really famous chef. And he like takes a complete like changes Mm -hmm. his life around to go and work in this shitty little kitchen. So it's Mm -hmm. really like about kind of him and the family and like the relationship. Keeping his brother's dream alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of the relationship between everyone in the restaurant as well. And like it kind of new, there's a new girl who comes in. She kind of wants to just learn from the guy and stuff. And it's brilliant. It's kind of hard to describe because it doesn't sound like, but I've never seen TV show like it in the sense of like mm-hmm. the pace of it is so intense and it's very funny. Um, it's Character very driven, watch. obviously. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So um, that's the bear. And if you like cooking, it's kind of cool because it's like, you know, kitchen hyperness. Food references. Like, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely Good. check that out. So we have a few this week. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, we've I've seen very little TV in the last few weeks as well because I've been out a lot at doing things in a way and stuff. But um, one thing we did watch, we're kind of rocking on with a few bits and bobs, but 
one thing we did watch the first episode of, which is on at the moment on BBC, is Inside Men. Have you heard about this? I need a movie with the Clive Owen. <laughs> so no, I don't no, know. <laughs> this different one. So this is actually quite a stellar lineup. It's got David Tennant and Stanley Tucci, and um, it's set in across Amer- England and America. It's so out there, this programme. It's absolutely wacky, but in a way that kind of engages you. You know, you like you kind of have to keep watching it to see what happens. So I'll give you an example. In the first episode, David Tennant is a vicar. I love David Tennant. I just love him. I'd watch him I love David Tennant as well. Mm. And this guy comes to him who's obviously kind of, he knows him and he's involved with the church somehow or whatever. And he comes to him and he said, will you mind my... Will you mind my USB stick? My porn is on here. And my mom, if she finds it, she's going to kill me. And this guy is like, we'll say late teens or whatever. So he's like, what? No. And then he says, oh, she's going to kill me. She's going to kill me. And she turns up and he just takes it. And he goes home. And next thing, by this bizarre chain of events in a way, his, his son's tutor ends up putting the USB stick in the in the computer, opens it up and it's child pornography, right? And next thing, this bizarre situation happens where... <laughs> he ends up like hurting her and it's just like one bad thing leads to another. Anyway, next thing, while this is all going on, where we see Stanley Tucci in prison in America, he's a convicted serial killer. His buddy is also a convicted serial killer, but he is, he's got a photographic memory. So he goes everywhere with him because they consult Stanley Tucci as a sort of a, Mm. a, a sort of a murder consultant because he right. kind of understands psychos and stuff right this is so far-fetched even when I'm talking about it. <laughs> but I like the cast it sounds but good there's actually. a bit of comedy <laughs> between those two there mm-hmm. the two serial killers a bit of comedy there and anyway so different people come and request for them to get involved in different cases and stuff because he seems to have this insight that other people don't have and basically the premise of what he's talking about over in America is like everyone's a killer you just need the opportunity and the situation yeah. to arise and it'll mm. happen. And, you know, we're led to believe, I think, that that's how something is going to end up in England. And we haven't seen that yet or whatever. But anyway, mad. And there is a connection between the two, actually. There's a girl reporter that's come to interview him and she actually bumped into the um, the tutor who ended up getting hurt on a train because some guy was hassling her on a train and the tutor stepped in and blah, 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 blah. And there's a kind of a commentary there around social media and... Oh, God, sexism and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, it's mad. It's mad off the wall. But if you like those actors, definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's good. Very good cast in it, I must say. So what did you say it's called again? The Inside, Inside Man. Oh, Inside Man. Okay, what channel is yeah. it on? BBC. Oh, you see, BBC I can never watch the BBC stuff. But anyway. I know. Yeah, no, it'll come on, though. It, they often yeah, come on. Yeah, I know. Um, she eventually. Yeah. later. Sounds good. So I go. love Sunny Chuchi. Hmm. Love him. You know, he's got a cookery show have you been yeah. watching that well the one mm. where he goes around Italy he did, I saw, saw some of the first yeah. season now he's on to his second season mm, mm-hmm. make you hungry not really for me like cookery shows but you know <laughs> uh, there you go moving along number three our Fox of the Week three so Fox of the Week this week is a lady called Jane Goodall and do you know oh. how I got the idea for this she sounds she, like the, is it Jane Goodall is she, is she the one who sings on the cruise ships no. do you remember years ago right oh, to me Jean. that TV series about the cruises and she's oh, maybe the, there's somebody called Jane Goodall but no not, that's not who I'm talking about anyway but yeah Jane oh Jane something else you were talking of I know who you're on about um, 
But anyway, Jane Goodall is, is still got a little book, you know, these inspirational characters oh, nice, yeah. for her birthday. And this is one of them, particularly, I think, female inspirational yeah. characters. So Jane Goodall is like the woman who broke major ground in understanding how chimpanzees live. So she's a primatologist and anthropologist. She's the world's oh, foremost yeah, the, expert. The, the movie was about her. Is it, I'm not sure Grill is in the Mist is about her. Grill is in the Mist. Is it about her? I don't know. It sounds like it is. Let me... Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Go on. Uh, She's best known for her 60-year study of social and family interactions of wild chimpanzees since she first went to the, I think it's Gombe Stream National Park in Tanzania in 1960, where Mm. she witnessed human-like behaviours amongst chimpanzees, including armed conflict. In April 2002, she was named a UN Messenger of Peace and she's an honorary member of the World Future Council. She was born in Hampstead in London in 1934. She's still alive. She mm. was interested in animal behaviour from an early age and left school at age 18. She worked as a secretary at a film production company until she gained passage to Africa. Once there, she began assisting paleontologists and anthropologists Louis Leakey. Her association with Leakey led eventually to her establishment in June 1960 of a camp in the Gumbe Stream Game Reserve. It's now a national park. So that she could observe the behaviour of chimpanzees in the region. In 1964, she married a Dutch photographer who had been sent in 1962 to Tanzania to film her work they later divorced um she was awarded a phd in ethology in 1965 from the university of cambridge except for short periods of absence goodall and her family remained in the gumbe until 1975 often directing the fieldwork of other doctoral candidates in 1977 she co-founded the jane goodall institute for wildlife research education and conservation conservation uh, in california the centre later moved its headquarters to Washington, D.C. She also created various other initiatives, including Jane Goodall's Roots and Shoots, a youth service programme. Over the years, she was able to correct a number of misunderstandings about chimpanzees. She found, for example, that the animals are omnivores, not vegetarian, that they're capable of making and using tools. And in short, they have a set of hitherto unrecognised, complex and highly developed social behaviours. Goodall wrote a number of books and articles about the various aspects of her work, notably in The Shadow of Men. She summarised her years of observation in the chimpanzees of the Gombe patterns of behaviour. She continued to write and lecture about environmental and conservation issues early into the 21st century and in 2002 she became a UN Messenger of Peace. She's a recipient of numerous awards, uh, was, was created Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire in 2003 and she was also awarded the Templeton Prize. Jane, a documentary about her life and work, appeared in 2017. She, she actually was accepted into a tribe of chimpanzees as a member of their tribe. I think probably the only person in the world ever to have done so. And she lasted in the tribe for about four or five months, I think. And then there was a young male chimpanzee who took a dislike to her and booted her out. Uh, And he Mm. became the, he became the head chimpanzee after a while. But yeah, so she saw them attacking smaller monkeys and killing them Mm -hmm. and eating them. And up to this point, people had thought they were were vegetarian. And then they saw stuff that we've seen on TV since where they use like sticks to poke the ants out of the ant hole Mm. and rocks to break things and all that kind of stuff. So and she was the person who discovered all of that and wrote about it. Um, But very much living in a male dominated environment again, you know, like it wouldn't have been easy for a woman to go off to Africa in those days, you know, so she's done amazing things. And uh, still, as far as I know, she's still doing a bit of work like and she's... um, She's in her 90s now, obviously. Yeah. Is she 34? Late 80s. So, yeah. Man. So, there you go. 
So yeah, I looked it up. It's not her that's in Grills and Miss. So there's another lady, Diane Fossey is her name, and she was the one okay. from Grills and Miss. But they come up if you kind of search one, the other one comes up because they're both like kind of leading experts. Imagine it's a females mm-hmm. to be so involved in this kind of maybe a study. Maybe it's got to do with the kind of affection or something. But you know? maybe it's because maybe if I would find a man like threatening or something and not a woman, maybe. And maybe that's what kind of why they let them in more, you know. It's very interesting that like she had, um, that Diane Fossey had a similar, you know, interaction mm-hmm. with gorillas and stuff. But very mm-hmm. interesting, different kind of a fox this week. I enjoyed that. Yeah, nice kind of academic. One. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. There you go. Lovely. Uh, moving along. So, number four this week, and in vain of all of the um, fashion weeks that have gone on yes. the last few weeks. There was some crazy stuff at fashion week the last few weeks, wasn't there? Yeah, I think it was, was it Yves Saint Laurent in Paris and like all their shoes are way too small for them. So there's loads of videos doing the rounds of like them, the girls, funny, like the models. The funny mm. thing about models is they're usually tall, so they've usually got big feet, haven't they? You know, which is ironic yeah. considering it's about the only thing and that's like, But like they them. literally can't walk. It's mm. really bad. Like they're absolutely goosed. But um, yeah, so there was a lot of kind of controversy last week and stuff. But um, anyway, stuff, so in that vein. There's stuff with condoms. Somebody was using condoms. They had them on their hands and stuff. And there was that yeah, um, spray on dress that Bella had. That was amazing, actually. However, they made that. It was unreal. Um, but yeah, mad stuff going and on. And Kanye West got in trouble for his... Um, have oh, you that's coming up on music drama? news. Coming up in the music news. Okay, Nicola. okay, leave it go. So, <laughs> leave it go. Anywho, so the account I want you to follow this week is on Instagram and her name is at Angelica Hicks. And what she does, actually, you should open it there and you'll Tell see more. Tell us the spelling right. of it as well, will you? So, Sorry, at Angelica, so A-N-G-E-L-I-C-A, always reminds me of the Rugrats when you hear the name Angelica. So, at, at Angelica Hicks, H-I-C-K-S. All cool. one word, Angelica Hicks. Okay. So if you look at her Instagram, now I don't know she's probably on other stuff, but I only follow her on Instagram. Mm. She is, so she, her tagline is that she's an artist. So what she does is she copies things from the catwalk and she recreates them on herself, on her body using household items. So <laughs> I think I've like, seen her. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So like yeah. this week's one, for example, is kind of like a mint greeny kind of dress. And she uses, you know, those recyclable plastic bags are kind of greeny colored now. So she uses like all of those to kind of make a dress and she kind of ties a bow on it. And then like plastic in her face, but then like makes glasses and everything out of like paper and all that stuff. I love to it. Make, so she matches the thing. The yeah. second one there again from this week is like a dress that kind of has tubing around the collar yeah. of it and like on the dress. And she uses like the thing from her dryer, you know, to put make like the tubing around Very her neck. Good. Which she's so good. Crazy. Like she's obviously yeah. into fashion as well. Yeah. Um, like she paints stuff, sticks stuff on. Like again, there was this kind of blue dress with these kind of pokey outy mm-hmm. sharp bits on the top. She uses hangers to create all that. Mm-hmm. I know it kind of might sound a little bit boring, but she does it so quickly and so elegantly that she is like goes from like yeah. literally standing there in like her underwear to like in this mad outfit oh, to it's match a little the video. runway. She dresses herself. Yeah, it's oh, videos. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she literally will make them while she's while the video is going. Like it's really. Oh, really there's, cool. a, there's a w- image over there. One of the fashion shows. They all had like no necks in it, didn't they? And she's got the yeah. same thing. It's hilarious. But um, if you, it's it's one of those things. Like if you stand back from it and kind of squint, they look like the same photographs, don't they? <laughs> of her very and what she's same. Yeah, it's modeling hilarious. herself on. Yeah. yeah. It is a bit abstract. That one with no neck so funny because she has like two scarves on and like the t-shirt <laughs> on underneath and then she's sticking on all these things. But like she's very good, very yeah, clever that very she has funny. everything in the house for it. Like, Yeah, and it's and not just like one. her mm. 
painting things or sticking things on you. She uses different things, which is quite funny. Props yeah. Props and stuff. Props. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there was one like there where somebody had like, a, I think it was Kate Blanchard on the uh, cat on the bloody red carpet and she wears so then Angelica wears like a black jumpsuit and like gets all these flowers and shoves them in the top of it to make it look the same and stuff it's yeah. very good it's really like her very clever. she's very clever in the way that she does it so it's a kind of a different um, one good for follow. this week yeah, yeah very funny, and like again creative. in the vein of the fashion weeks yes no. absolutely mm. very creative yes Joy. well that was uh, at Angelica Hicks uh, we're moving on to number five bye so yes, and music news this week. Uh, we're, we'll be going back to fashion week in a minute. But um, just a brief mention of the wonderful news that Liverpool is getting Eurovision. Mm-hmm. It was between... Well, we Liverpool would have been happier with Glasgow. Glasgow, <laughs> yeah, it would have been great. Um, mm. But yes, sadly, Liverpool won over Glasgow. But it's still in the UK. So we are debating whether to go or not, actually. Mm. Um, a few of us. So I think it'll be of the lols, but also potentially impossible to get any accommodation and or tickets or anything like that. So um, it may just be too difficult, but we'll see. We might go. It'd be nice. And like the hype and the money it's going to bring to Liverpool. Oh my God, it'll be amazing. It's a behemoth now. Um, I looked at it briefly the other day and you know the way they have like the final and they have the two semifinals. Mm. They've actually got nine ticketed yeah it's loads now yeah they have heats I Mm. suppose and a family thing and like all these different stuff there's loads going on so I'd say but I mean Jesus if you went to any of it I'd say you'd you'd have a good good show do you know what I mean because the acts are so random and out there I'm sure like you'd have you'd be well entertained at everything you know and um, mm-hmm. should the gay bars and everything like the whole city's going to turn into one big oh, gay oh, the bar crack. The great crack mm-hmm. so there you go that's that but anyway I want to talk, talk a bit about Kanye or Yi mm-hmm. as he likes to call himself so he stirred controversy over the past few days by sharing anti-Semitic sentiments on Twitter and Instagram in response the rapper has been condemned by many figures in the entertainment world as well as several political figures and organisations that represent Jewish communities uh, the day before yesterday his Twitter account was locked after he tweeted I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going to death can three on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda. I mean, he just sounds mental, doesn't he? It just sounds he's like he's lost it. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, like he'd obviously had a thing last week too, where he had his fashion show and he had White Lives Matter jumpers and all that. Mm. And it was supposed to be satirical and all that bollocks but I don't know like I mean he's pushing it way too far you know I know he has mental illness for sure but like you can't excuse everything you can't blame everything on mental illness like you can't go after everybody and keep getting away with it like I mean listen I'm not a big fan of the Kardashians and stuff but some of the stuff he said like is just that's the mother of his children you know and he's blasting it all over the internet it's kind of disgusting you know he's he's I don't know. The anti-Semitic thing, I just, it's difficult to defend him, even if he is going through some sort of a mental health break. Like, what is he doing? You know, what I, is he I get at? the impression like, with Kanye. I don't you even know, think he is anti-Semitic. I bet you it's just this contra- trying to be controversial still. I, I get the know? impression with him, like, that, like you say, you can only give him so much leeway 
and you can only excuse his behavior up to a point like, you know, and and I get the feeling, you know, there's certain people out there a bit like Simon Cowell or Donald Trump or whoever that at points in their careers, people were afraid to say no to them or just wouldn't say no to them, you know, and they surround mm-hmm. themselves by these yes people and they just no one says stop or don't do that or you can't do that or what are you doing, you know, so they just keep going. They just keep going and they have all these facilitators around them and they just keep going. So and I think he's just been one of those people like, you know, and, you know, I hope he does get whatever help he needs because it's been a long time since he made some really good music. But like he was a genius when it back in the day, like, you know, and it'd be great to see some of that coming back. But it's like he's just gone. His ego has overtaken the the man and the talent and everything like it's mm. a shame. I have a very big, long article here about all of this. But yeah, basically, like lots of people came out to give him shit about what, you know, the White Lives Matter t-shirts last week. Um, and and lots of Jewish people came out to respond to his um, states, statements as well. I'll just give you one of them. It was the Black Jewish Entertainment Alliance called the rapper's post hurtful, offensive and wrong, noting that such comments perpetuate stereotypes that have have been the basis of discrimination and violence against Jews for thousands of years. In their statement, they said words like this tear at the fabric of the black Jewish relationship. The black and Jewish communities must stand together through incidents like this to make clear that trafficking in hateful stereotypes is unacceptable and that the words of one entertainer do not reflect the views of an entire community. Yeah, I think it's just so close to the issue last week. You know, it's like two fingers. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't give a shit. But yeah. um, no, anyway, it's a shame. Doesn't. And the thing is, like, I mean, when he was going after the Kardashians and stuff, like a lot of people were probably supporting him and all that, which is absolutely grand. I don't really have an opinion on it too much. But like, this is different now. Like, you know, he's just kind of, you know, there's not going to be a lot of people who will forgive him on the back of I this. Know, I don't he's, think, like, you know? he's got so. children as well in the public eye and stuff. Like, I just yeah, find it all a bit, oh. that's what I mean. So, I mean, the whole thing is like that's they're the little ones who are going to suffer, unfortunately. Like, and you know that that house and habit one that I used to follow at the Johnny Depp court case and stuff. She's a big kind of yay supporter, and I was wondering like how is she going to handle this now? She's been supporting him the whole way along. Is she now going to continue to support him? Like, it's just an interesting. Mm. one you know when you have people supporting you then it's like how far can you take yeah. it until you lose those supporters What's the that were that like okay the well, back. yeah mm-hmm. the Kardashians are bad or yeah this is better yeah the fashion industry is bad or yeah Anna Winter is bad or whatever it may be but you know yeah. I don't know yeah, interesting the, one. But who do you forsake? Was, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, bring back the old Kanye, whatever happened to him. But um, uh, yeah, so that's music news for this week. So so concludes our five things. So um, yeah, so it's been great to be back and have the chats. This is the longest conversation we've had in weeks, Nicola. It's lovely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great. But uh, no, all is uh, well in the world now, thankfully. And you're off on your holly bob, so enjoy it. And we Thank shall you. miss you. Yes, <laughs> I should be I'll jealous. Miss you all too. So uh, I was going to ask the lovely listeners to do us a little favour. Obviously, we're going to keep on keeping on with Fox Force 5, but we'd like to sort of try and bolster our listeners a little bit because we want to keep doing this and we want people to be listening to it. So I guess it's just to share it a bit further. So rather than like, we're not asking you to like put up a review or subscribe or anything like this this week. But if you know three people who you think might like the podcast, send them a link and just say, here's a podcast I like. You might like it. Try it out. And we would be eternally grateful to you because 
yeah, people take recommendations for podcasts a lot better than seeing something on a screen or whatever. So um, mm. if you enjoy it and if you think it's worthwhile and if you find yourself coming back to listen to our dribble, then share our dribble with your friends or whoever. You know, it might be someone at work you think, oh yeah, they'd be into this <laughs> chat. They like a bit of sci-fi fantasy or they like a bit of the lemon heads mm-hmm. or whatever. And always, always get in touch if you want us to cover a particular topic or saw something interesting in the news or whatever and we'd be happy to do that and have a wee chat about it and uh, thanks for listening as always people thanks everybody have a great week love you all (laughs) (laughs) Bye. bye